Bibles with me uh, to the book of First uh, Corinthians. You know, um, <clears throat> busy, busy. God is busy. Glory, glory. Did you guys receive something from uh, Tyler last this last Sunday? Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. Not only have we been talking about that here, but I've shared some of what we have been studying with um, uh, people that we've been um, having revival with in different places. And, you know, the Lord, he keeps adding to this. Uh, it, it, it does seem like that God's people aren't, um, aren't nearly um, as well uh, versed or... or uh, they don't understand or uh, they're unlearned for the most part uh, concerning the things of the Spirit still yet. And um, we're living in a time when people are, and I think I've told you all this, are for the most part out of season. And some of those that know um, how to navigate the waters of being uh, instant in season and out of season, many of them have passed away. So um, we're quickly coming to a place where people that once uh, knew some things that um, our generation doesn't know, that they're meeting, you know, they're meeting, the, they're meeting the Lord face to face um, as they go home to be with Jesus. And the more of those people that go home, the less opportunity we're going to have to draw from that well. And um, so we've got to become a well from people to draw from. You know, that's why the Spirit wants to use you more than anything, is because um, there was a, it seemed like there was a lull where people didn't really pursue God on the level or pursue the moving of the Spirit on the level that, uh, that we teach in this church. Uh, because, you know, a seeker-sensitive, the seeker-sensitive movement, uh, the desire to have big churches and um, not a big move of the Spirit to have mega churches instead of mega Christians, uh, all that started to happen. And uh, when all that started to happen, uh, some of these people that were filled with the Spirit and knew about the move of God and knew how to flow with the Holy Ghost <clears throat> were um, relegated to back rooms and to small uh, crowds and small groups and gatherings of people. And like I said, you know, uh, we, we read a book. There was a book that was going on around here, uh, around... Uh, when Pastor Hans was here, it was the book was called "Walk of the Spirit, Walk of Power," uh, written by Dave Roberson. You know, Dave Roberson, that dude is a Holy Ghost dude, and he's gone on to be with Jesus just recently. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that know the walk, have known the walk of the Spirit, that are no longer with us, and the enemy really would like for us to to continue to grope around in the dark concerning the things of the Spirit. So, First Corinthians chapter twelve. We'll, we'll start reading from verse 1. We always do. Um, it, 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 we don't usually get too far, but let's do this. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, <laughs> I would not have you ignorant. Amen. And so Paul telling the Corinthian church uh, very, very clearly, uh, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. Amen. So turn to your neighbor, tell him, don't be uh, ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. 
now for the most, I know that most of you are more learned than, than, than some. In fact, I was telling, I, I have been telling people this pretty regular. Uh, there are people that are members of this church that I believe could do a better job pastoring than some of the pastors of churches that I go and preach at. And some of y'all have more word than some of those pastors. Um, we, we were uh, over in, uh, I was over in Miller, uh, Millerton uh, this past Sunday. And uh, I don't know if Cherie testified about what happened out in Millerton at all. She wasn't with me. Um, when I was out in Millerton, oh, well, I, I'll testify about that in a second. But anyway, um, I was out in Millerton in another church, um, not the church that I was at this Sunday, but at a different church. And every time we'd go to Millerton to, to continue with that revival, that pastor would have some kind of a meltdown. Um, there was some kind of a something that would happen in the church. And he would meet me at the airport and pick me up. And, I mean, we would have revival break out the week before. And we would break on Wednesday and come back the following Sunday. And by Sunday, the whole church had gone to hell in a handbasket, you know. Everyone left. He wasn't understanding what was going on. And this was week after week after week after week. Um, I was... Uh, talking to him I, uh, about, you know, the revival and about, um, we we're excited about coming back. And as he's talking to me, he's like, I still know what's going on. Everything, all hell's breaking loose. And, and he said, even my phone, he said, I was talking, I was talking to you on that. And my phone blew up. It started smoking and just quit working. And, and I mean, it was just, everything was like the sky was falling. It was crazy. Um, I am fully persuaded that if one of you all, any of you, went to Millerton to pastor that church, and I loved, I love that brother. I hope he's not listening. But if he is, I love you. Man, you need help, bro. Amen. And I'm, I'm fully persuaded the church would begin to flourish just putting one of you. We could probably put JoJo up in there, and that church would, you understand? That church would flourish with JoJo up in there. So, <laughs> heck, we might could put Inez already up there, and she might even do better. So, <laughs> but most of us are not ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. We're we're at least familiar with them. Uh, but he, but he, I want to I want to uh, exhort you on this right here. I don't just want you to be um, familiar with the things of the Spirit from the perspective of you're acquainted with seeing the Spirit operate. I want you to become acquainted with the Spirit, you operating in the Spirit. And most people, even in our church, uh, that are acquainted or learned concerning the things of the Spirit, it's not that they're learned concerning the, the things of the Spirit, the Spirit moving through them, but they're familiar with the move of the Spirit and how he moves through others. And so we have to be move, uh, acquainted with this, the move of the Spirit, not only in others, but we need to be, become more acquainted of how he works with us. That's the, that's the stuff that we're figuring out in this lesson. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now... There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Amen. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Amen. Now, uh, amen. Should I just say that? 
Not everything that everyone calls the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, which is why we have to be learned concerning the things of the Spirit, especially in the time that we're living in. There are a lot of people that are that are um, that they are attaching. For example, there are people that prophesy over people that will say that what they're declaring is a word from God inspired by the Holy Spirit for uh, whoever it is that they're prophesying over or whatever. And some of you are the recipients of those prophecies. Every time I go, we were, you know, being over there with uh, Pastor Reuben um, in, um, in Ohio um, this uh, last week. Every time I go back, when I go back and I, I can sense by the spirit in the atmosphere that some of those folks have, but from in between the time that they have been in services with us, uh, and our, you know, our departure and then our return in that, in that interim, in that time that we've been away, I can tell by the spirit that these people have been running all over Northwest Ohio, Southern Indiana, uh, Eastern, um, uh, uh, Southern Michigan, Eastern Indiana, that they've been running around all those areas going from meeting to meeting, mostly going to meetings that are uh, what they would call prophetic. Because uh, they want to get a word, and they, you know, they're they're excited about that particular thing. Most of these people's lives are in shambles. Many of them are shipwrecked. Many of them are confused about their future and what it is that God uh, has for them. Some of them don't know the difference between. Uh, uh, some people don't know uh, how to tell the difference between uh, God. If God's doing something in their life, if the enemy's doing something in their life, or if it's the flesh that they're, you know, that they're struggling with. I have people that are, that are coming to me and saying that God gave them a revelation. I'm like, well, what, what's the revelation? They think the revelation is some kind, you know, some people believe revelation is this discombobulated, you know, big old giant a kind of dream or story uh, that they're telling and uh, something that they feel like they've seen and, and heard. And then when you ask them, well, what does it mean? They're like, I don't know. Listen, if you don't know, it wasn't a revelation. If you don't know what it means, it's not a revelation. You're just, you're just out there hoping, trying to, trying to make something the Spirit. And so, um, again, we've, we've, got, we've got to get to the point where we discern what the, what the Spirit is saying and what the Spirit is doing. There are different diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. And we as God's people have to learn how to recognize. You know, you know what else we have to do? Once we've recognized, we need to learn how to just say no to that that isn't God and just say yes to that which is God. You know what? You've got, listen to me, church. You've got to quit being supportive of things that aren't godly. You've got to quit acting like it's okay to, uh, to be supportive of things that don't benefit God and his kingdom. Are y'all hearing me? Because see, some, some of y'all go to meetings and you know good and well. You leave those meetings, some, some meetings y'all go to, you leave those meetings and you don't leave those meetings feeling right in your spirit. I'm not talking about your head. I'm talking about something in your spirit is like, you shouldn't even be here. But you hang out anyway. Why? Well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. All right, amen. And how does that help you in the kingdom? How does that help the Lord? It doesn't. 
It doesn't. So someone's got to begin to raise the banner of righteousness. Amen. Someone's got to begin to lift the standard of the move of God. If, 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 we, if we keep allowing uh, the craziness that's happened in the church continue to happen, then uh, we're never going to see uh, the true uh, manifestation of God's glory. All right. So let's read on. It says, uh, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. To profit with all, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now I want you to know something. I'm, um, I'm not, not standing up because I'm not excited. I'm super excited. I want to stand up, but my wife failed to bring me a belt. And I want, I want us to see the sun, not the moon. Amen. So I'm going to remain seated. Glory to God. <laughs> so... So these are, these are gifts of the Spirit. Now, these gifts of the Spirit are broken up into three categories of gifts. Power gifts, right? Power gifts. The power gifts being, who knows what the power gifts are? Help me out. What are the power gifts? What was that? Miracles. Yes, miracles is a power gift. Healing is a power gift. There's one more. Faith. Yes. Faith is a power gift. You, uh, anyone have any idea why they call these power gifts? Because when they're in manifest... Don't be afraid to answer. Some of you act like you're a scared. Because when they're in manifestation, there's a demonstration of power. Amen. Not man's power, God's power. Glory. <laughs> glory and so then there's power gifts there's revelation gifts or what you know what some call revelation gifts um anybody remember what the revelation gifts are word of wisdom word of knowledge nope no prophecy uh, discerning of spirits discerning of spirits so, revelation, do you know why they call these revelation gifts? Amen. Because they reveal things, the, these gifts will reveal things to man that we can't see with our natural eye, but can only see with the eye of the Spirit. Amen. So, um, and then there are what Lester Sumrall calls uh, inspiration gifts. Um, some people call these Vocal gifts or speaking gifts. And so the speaking gifts are tongues, diverse tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Because all of these require you to speak. They all, they all require for you to yield your tongue to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, understand this. These... these uh, Vocal gifts, speaking gifts, or what Lester Summerall called inspiration gifts. Think about tongues. When you speak in tongues, do you have to think about what you're saying? No. no. Where does it come from? It comes out of your spirit. 
It comes out of your spirit, and from your spirit, does, it, does your mind say, say la, la ti, la ti da. No, and la ti da. <laughs> no, you're, it doesn't. That's not how tongues works. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like, I remember when I first received the gift of, uh, uh, or not the, the, when I received the baptism in the Holy Ghost, when I received the evidence of tongues or the gift of tongues that comes with Holy Ghost baptism, um, I remember before I ever spoke with a tongue, my mouth began to shake. The Bible, the Bible talks about uh, stammering lips, stammering lips. So my, my mouth began to shake almost like it was cold outside and it was, uh, it was a warm, uh, a spring, a late spring day. Uh, so or, or what was it early summer? I can't remember. Anyway, or late summer. But it was, it was, I know it was warm. And um, so my, my, my lips were uh, uh, quivering. My tongue was stammering. And when I finally released that prayer language and released the tongues out of my spirit, I, I realized it is not something that happens out of your head. It's something that literally comes out of your belly. Tongues. So... If tongues is a gift of inspiration by the Spirit that doesn't require your mind or your brain in order for it to work, then the interpretation of tongues, where does that come from? Now, see, most of us, when we're trying to function in one of these inspirational gifts, we go to we go to thinking in our head like we do when we're in the natural. See, that's why, that's why a lot of people never get over there to understand the things of the Spirit because they get frustrated. They're, it's too complicated for them. They're groping around in the realm of the mind trying to grasp something that you're never going to catch with your mind. You're only going to... Are y'all hearing this today? Because see, some of y'all looking at me like, amen, brother, praise God. But you know what? There's, I, don't, I'm, I can't remember the last time or if ever there was a tongue and an interpretation given in this church. But you know what? It's something, that is the one gift that ought to happen the most frequently in the church out of any other gift. Do you know why? Because all of us have received tongues in some form or another in Holy Ghost baptism. And once you've received tongues and Holy Ghost baptism, it's very easy for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you and give you a, a message for the church in tongues. Do you know why most people don't want to give a tongue? Because they're afraid they might be expected to interpret that tongue. Amen. Well, you know what? If you can pray in, in an unknown tongue, then why wouldn't you be able to interpret an unknown tongue? You just spoke a language you never learned. Why can't you then, by the same spirit that you spoke in a language that you didn't learn, interpret the language that you just spoke in? <laughs> Are y'all hearing me today? See, so that, that, that's the kind of mindset that we have to begin to have. We have to begin to press into the Lord in a way that we expect that these things are going to happen. Not because we're so smart, not because we have learned in our head how to do this stuff, but because these things happen by the Spirit. And if we've had one of them happen by the Spirit, then surely we can learn how to allow those other things to flow through us by the Spirit. So, tongue, interpretation of tongues. So that ought to happen the same way. That ought to come out of your spirit, right? Out of your belly. So how about prophecy? <laughs> 
You say, well, what is, what is prophecy? Uh, what do you mean prophecy? Do you mean foretelling the future? Uh, uh, seeing something in the note? This prophecy is called we, what we call the simple gift of prophecy. And uh, there, as you continue to read in 1 Corinthians, it says that prophecy, the kind of prophecy uh, that happens with this gift is when you give, when you, uh, um, when you give a word from the Lord, a prophetic word, and it's unto edification, exhortation, and comfort. In other words, you're giving a word that exhorts, that edifies, or comforts. It's not seeing into the future and saying, uh, Eli, see, yes, I see you, and you are, uh, you're with child, and uh, I see you, and it's a month of November, it's uh, November, and you're expectant in January, you're going to be having this, you know, and people are like, that's, you know, I'm, I operate in the gift of prophecy, that's not the gift, that's not the simple gift of prophecy. Um, some people think because uh, this simple gift of prophecy exists means that we can all get out there and prophesy like prophets do, and uh, that's not how that works. So, um, so those are the vocal gifts. Any questions or comments that you have about any of those gifts and those categories, uh, is there, are, are we all clear as to why those gifts are in the particular categories that they're in? Is there any question as to why they would be there? So you, so you understand word of wisdom is a revelation gift. Why is word of wisdom a revelation gift? It reveals what? What does the word of wisdom reveal? Do you know? That's okay. He does. True. So the word of wisdom, yes, the word of wisdom, and Brother, Brother Hagen um, expounded on this. He said that a word of wisdom is when the Lord speaks wisdom about something in someone's future. So a word of wisdom always speaks of something to come. The mind of God about something that's coming. So a word of wisdom would be this. Uh, Joe Biden's going to get elected president. Gas is going to go up. Get ready. Everything's going to go up. Get ready. And you're not going to get a pay raise. Get ready. <laughs> Inflation's coming, but no one's going to admit it. Get ready. <laughs> ah, people crazy. Anyway, um, that word of wisdom would, would, you know, if you got that word back in 2020, that would be a word of wisdom. Uh, word of knowledge. It's a now or a past. You know, God giving you knowledge of something that is either present or past. Yeah. Um, revelatory. revelatory. So wisdom is revelatory. It reveals the mind of the Lord for the future. Uh, for an individual, for a church, for a community, 
for uh, a state, for a nation, for the world. Something you don't yet know. Not something that you obtain. One time I was at a church and someone said, um, the word of wisdom is just God giving you wisdom on how to live life. Uh, no. That's nothing supernatural. No, these are spiritual spiritual gifts inspired by the Spirit, manifested by the Spirit. So these are, this, uh, these are supernatural. And yeah, no. Um, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge then would be Ted has a hip problem. You got a hip painter. You know, Sam Wood, Sheree, you got, you're going to minister healing to people or uh, the word he gave to you, Anna, or the, you know, the, the, those are words of knowledge. God telling you something right now or something about your past, revelatory, supernaturally giving you direction or encouragement or something. <clears throat> Discerning of spirits. How's that one work? You, yeah, you see into the realm of the spirit. So uh, you don't, um, uh, the gift of the discerning of spirits is not being a busybody. I, I discern that Twyla doesn't like me. You're not discerning anything. You're just, you, you, you're seeing something and you don't know what you're, you know what I'm, it, it's weird. You know, uh, people will do that to certain people. Um, I had a, it was a pastor somewhere that said, I just, I just discern in my spirit that Pastor Mikey don't like you. I said, well, you discerned wrong. That's just plain dumb. Um, and then I called Pastor Mikey, or I'm like, Pastor Mikey, this person thinks you don't like him. And Pastor Mikey was like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, Pastor Mikey. Uh, it was funny. But you know, sometimes you get around Pastor Mikey, uh, especially if you go out to a restaurant, and he seemed a little bit, you know, disconnected and you know for whatever reason for whatever reason and uh sometimes he'd say things to shock people not purposefully he'd just say stuff to shock people they say he say they'd say to him who's on your ticket he goes all the black people like what do you think everybody else is different color <laughs> but anyway uh but people some people would take it wrong you know and uh so it's not being a busybody. It's not just discerning of spirits is when God opens your eyes in the natural to see into the realm of the spirit. So what do you see when you see into the realm of the spirit? Well, uh, the, I want you to think of the gift of the discerning of spirits more along. Uh, look around the room. Just, just take, turn around look around the room. Look at everybody real quick. Ted, will you grab me a bottle? Or, Ted, will you grab me a bottle of water? All right. So you're looking around. What do you see? People. What else do you see? Chairs. Art. Televisions. Lights. So you see whatever's here, right? The, this is how the gift of discerning of spirits works. Your eyes are opened in the realm of the spirit to see what is, whatever is there in the spirit. So thank you. 
So if your eyes open up in the spirit, you know, uh, this place here probably looks very similar in the spirit as to what it does in the natural. I mean, we're here sitting in chairs. Now say that the spirit of God opened up your eyes to see into the realm of spirits. Then you might see an angel or two sitting around here. Jesus might be standing back there behind me with his hands uh, out, his arms spread wide open in a purple robe with long blonde flowing hair, blue eyes. No, that's not, that's not the right Jesus. Yeah, depend on, depend on what church you go to. He might have a fro. <laughs> I've told you all this story. And Ted, when we was at the Church of God in <laughs> we was at the Church of God in Christ, and they had a packed picture of a black man in a, with a fro and a robe, holding a, holding a lamb, had nail scars as a black man. I said, Ted, look who it is. He goes, Who's that? Is that the pastor of this church? I said, Ted, I mean, the guy in that picture looked like Lewis only with a 70s fro. You understand? I mean, it was perfect. <laughs> Lewis is like, it is me. Come hither. But anyway, um, so I was like, Ted, you don't recognize who that is? He's like, it ain't the pastor. I'm like, no, it ain't the pastor. I said, look, Ted, it's a pastor. It is a, pa it is a shepherd. And Ted looked and looked. And finally, I said, Ted, it's Jesus. He goes, he's black. <laughs> I said, you didn't have no problem thinking he had blonde hair and blue eyes when you see him on television. <laughs> I said, Ted, that is your Lord and your Savior up there. Yeah, Ted. Ted, I mess with Ted too. I noticed during service he's. <laughs> he's a. He think. He think of Jesus coming back with a Jerry curl or something. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, he's a hot cold. <laughs> but so when you. So the gift of discerning of spirits, your eyes open up. Uh, I'll give you an example. One time I was in prayer. Um, the gift of the discern. Let me let me say this. Um, when I when the Lord when the Lord uh, saved me and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I was in the Mennonite church, um, my spiritual mother came and prayed over all the youth. She had a she had, at the time she was functioning in an anointing, where when she laid hands on people, she would hear from the Lord about what gifts would manifest through their life and whether God had given them gifts or, Gabe, you got a, you got a visitor back there. You probably want to sit with you. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I'm, I'm hooking you up, Sam. I'm going to get you. It's important. I, I wouldn't want to be that far. Uh, oh, so she just sat closer to Carolyn. <laughs> no, like she's like, I'll show you, Sam. I'm gonna sit right on Carolyn's lap. Uh, and now, no, I'm like, oh, you were making room. I see. You're making room. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on course here. Amen. But anyway, 
No, no, no. <laughs> Sam, you ruined everything. You walked in the room. And no, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> so my spirit. <laughs> so my spiritual mother, she she would pray for people, and she would um, she would see uh, or hear from the Lord about gifts that would. Uh, either be manifested through them for, you know, during a particular time, or if God had given someone a gift. Now, there's a difference between, there's a difference between gifts just manifesting, um, like the Bible says that these, the, the, when we read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, every one of you can function in spiritual gifts. In fact, as we read more of that verse of scripture, it'll say this. It'll say that, the, that God divides those gifts of the spirit to every man severally as he will. And so those gifts of the spirit, every one of those gifts of the spirit can operate through you severally as he will. In other words, you can't just flip a switch and turn them off and on. But if uh, for example, if you find yourself in a situation where there's a need of the gifts of healing to operate, and you're the only one there, uh, uh, and uh, you're, you're the full representation of the Lord in that circumstance, then there's a good chance that if God wants to touch someone in the area of healing, you're about to have the gifts of healing manifested through your life. Uh, you... you uh, some of you, you want to go to outreach, not because you desire to, but because you, you increase your chances exponentially of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through you in a supernatural fashion. If you go to the hospital, you're, you're at a, you have a greater chance of seeing the gifts of healing manifested through your life than you are if uh, you just come to church and sit here and twiddle your thumbs. Now, me, on the other hand, my chances of laying hands on someone who's sick at church are way up here. Yours, not so much. Unless, you know, I'm like, Carolyn, will you come up here and pray? But, you know, that don't happen very often because I'm a spiritual hog. And I just love praying for people. So, uh, you, yeah, you, you, usually, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm on that like a duck on a dune bug. Amen. But, um, but if you're... If you're out at Baptist, if you're out at Mercy, or even if you're out on the streets in Bricktown, even though that's not the emphasis is in healing, or, or the uh, summer outreaches when we're talking with people. Um, see, that's how, you, church, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you to form a mindset. Uh, the big reason why God's people don't manifest gifts of the Spirit, number, I'm going to tell you this, it's not because God's not wanting to do it. It's because we're not paying attention. Because we haven't, we, haven't, um, we haven't developed a way of thinking that facilitates these spiritual gifts, that, that, that makes room for them to operate in our life. We, we have it all together, and we're, we're just fine doing it without him. So guess what? He'll go ahead and let you do it without him. But if you begin to make room in your life, and you begin to become expectant, and you begin to... Um, make a pull on the Spirit for Him to do these things in and through you, He'll, he'll begin to do them. And you shouldn't, just, you, you shouldn't just expect them to happen at church. So anyway, my, when my spiritual mother uh, came and prayed over us, and some of you have heard me tell this before, 
um, she prayed over me, and she was, you know, she told different ones healing, you know. She told different ones, uh, Lord wants to use you in prophecy. The Lord wants to use you in tongues and in interpretation of tongues. And then she got to me, and I'm like, miracles, miracles, you know, miracles. I'm just like, I'm willing it, you know. It's almost like a, and I mean, I'm not trying to get, no, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, so um, I'm like trying to, <laughs> trying to will it. To say uh, what I will her to say what I want her to say. And she lays hands on me. She says, oh, she says, this is very interesting. She said, the Lord just spoke to me and told me to tell you. Now, everyone else, she said, would function in these gifts. But she told me, God has given you the gift of discerning of spirits. Now, there's a difference when God gives you a gift and when gifts are just manifested. If someone, um, if I, if I, if, if someone here said, uh, if I said, someone read the scripture for me and you didn't have a Bible and I threw you my iPhone, I said, here, read it off of my iPhone. Um, and I let you use my iPhone. I'm not giving you that iPhone. Um, I'm letting you use it as I will. minute I don't will for you to use it no more, it's back to me. But if I say, Carolyn, you need this, I'm going to give it to you. Now you know what? Now the gift that was mine. Now is who, who do the gifts of this, who do those gifts belong to? The spirit. They're the manifestations of the so these gifts belong to the Holy Ghost. But if God says, I'm giving it to you, now who does that gift belong to? Amen. Amen. So you know what that means? That means anytime you get in the Spirit, you have use of that gift. And unfortunately, you can use it good or you can use it bad. It's true. See, some people don't realize that. When God gives you a gift, the Bible says what? That the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. In other words, once God gives you a gift, he never takes it back. He never takes it back. Once he gives you a gift, it's yours. So if I gave Carolyn my iPhone and she decided that she was going to use it as a sandal, would that be the proper use for an iPhone? No. Could she... Use it as a sandal if she wanted to. Oh, yeah. Well, I reckon she could. It's hers, right? right. Oh, yeah. She could use it as a hairbrush if she wanted to. She'd have to modify it a little bit. But if she wanted to use it as a, I mean, it works better as an iPhone, but she could use it any way she wanted to. Why? Well, because it's hers. See, that's why some people wonder how God can use jacked up people. Because God gave them a gift. And you don't take it away from them. And they've learned how to use that gift. That's why some of them get up and they extort money from people. And they, uh, and they uh, I remember there's a fella, I'll tell you his name. Keep, hold on, uh, W.B. Grant Jr. Um, his father had a gift from God, very powerful gift. Um, W.B. Grant Jr., not so much. Um, he, uh, he uh, and some, I know some of you probably haven't heard of him. He went to prison. Um, T.D. Jakes bought his, his uh, old church property and uh, ministry property. That's where the Potter's House, uh, I think it's still currently there at the old uh, W.B. Grant Ministries 
uh, uh, facilities. Anyway, so uh, W.V. Grant, his father, had a real gift from God. His son, on the other hand, was a charlatan. And he may have had a gift, but he didn't use it for the glory of God. Um, he propositioned my secretary one time in a miracle crusade that he was holding. He's in a miracle meeting. We're taking our offering. He whispered to her for her to meet her, uh, him at his hotel and told her where it was. So she was devastated. She said, how can a man like that be used by God? Well, if God gave you a gift and you decided to use it as a, as a flip-flop, are y'all hearing me? Well, wouldn't the Lord take it from him? God don't take gifts he gives. Th that, see, that's why it's important for you to be followers of God and not followers of gifts. That's why everybody that prophesies, you shouldn't be all, oh, it's a prophetic meme. It was real good. I went last night. Well, you know, I saw some movies that were good as far as they were adventurous or they were interesting or they were entertaining, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have been there. Some of them I had to get up and walk out of because as entertaining as it was, I had no business being there. Well, praise the Lord. See, I lost some of you there because some of you still going to hang out. Okay, hold, hold on, Twyla. I'm going to get to you next. Yes. Yes, you can ask the Lord to reveal to you what gifts that he desires to use you in. In fact, at the end of chapter 12 of the book of 1 Corinthians, it says that you should desire earnestly the best gifts. Okay, so, what you remember another scripture that talks about desire that we use a lot in church? What things soever you, when you... Do what? Believe, believe what? Believe you receive them, you shall have them. So if you desire, if the Bible says to desire spiritual gifts, then you know what it's saying? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. So you desire those gifts, pray. Believe you receive them. Uh, you'll have them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Does that help you? Uh, isn't that the same thing as receiving them? It is because... If it's not going to work, if you don't give them. Now, here's the thing. See, we, we always assume that when the Bible says, believe we receive it, we shall have it. We, we've seen a lot of people that are flaky that want to get out there and say, well, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to try to uh, work miracles because, you know, I've got to get my faith out there. I believe I receive it. No, that gives function by the anointing of the spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit goes to where he wants to use you in a particular gift, the anointing will manifest. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't step out until the anointing is manifested. If you try to step out prior to the manifestation of the anointing, you're going to fall flat on your face. That's why I showed you that video of Brother Hagen uh, the other night when we were here. Why I showed you that, uh, that video of William Branham. William Branham, I wish I, wish I, I do have it, but I, I wish we had time to play it. It's like a four and a half, five hour video of William Branham preaching a message called Deep Calleth Unto Deep. And I'm going to tell you something. It was the longest, most boring message I've ever heard him preach. 
uh, or he was trying to teach, he, it wasn't interesting at all. But toward the end, you know, he got to the end of his message and he starts talking and he talks for another half hour, just kind of twiddling his thumbs, similar to what I did at the beginning of this teaching when you all were ready to fall asleep and not too interested in what I had to say. And, but, but see, I'm waiting on, I was waiting on my help. I was waiting on my help because without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. But something, something then shifts on the videotape, just like something shifted in this service. Something shifted. What happened? Well, the spirit began to manifest. The spirit begins to manifest and he begins to provoke things out of us and he begins to stir things up in us. And William Branham, he, he in the, and I'm, I was watching this videotape for the first time in a hotel room in Antlers. Pastor Ben had given it to me and I'm, I'm falling asleep. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm falling asleep. I'm like, man, what was, what was so interesting about this guy? I'm, I watched the whole meeting and he says, he says, some of y'all are wondering what I'm waiting for, why I... Have, I don't just move on. He says, well, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for him. Oh, yeah. That's what he says. I'm waiting for him. And that's how he talked. I'm waiting for him. And he stood there. All of a sudden, in my ho listen, in my hotel room, the atmosphere changed. In, I'm in Antlers, Oklahoma, in a hotel room in Antlers, a nasty one at that, and immediately the atmosphere changed. When the atmosphere changed, I woke, I mean, I was wide awake. And, and, and on the videotape, you know what William Branham says? He's here. He's here. He says, bring the first person. That's when he knew to get over there. He Listen, there was a generation that knew better than to try to do the works of God without God. To try to do the things of the Spirit without the Spirit. There's a whole generation. They knew better than to be stupid. I don't know, I don't know how all of a sudden... Our generation just grew so not, not uh, learned concerning the things. I'm, I was going to say ignorant, but not learned concerning the things of the Spirit. I think what happened is a lot of baby Christians. You know, for baby Christians, it's just like your kids. You know, a lot of times your kids, think about it. Children are the, amen. Amelia, Gabriella, uh, Inez. And it'll get worse here before long. All our children, they are the most selfish and manipulative little people on planet Earth. You know what? We, we don't look at them negatively, though. It's kind of, we're like, oh, I love them. You know? Because in a, in, in when, they're, when they're young, when they're immature, when they're children, uh, it's expected for them to be that way. And so you know what we do? My kids, my kids, you know where my kids are right now? They're in Texas, in, in Waco. They wanted to go to a concert. I had to buy the tickets. Okay, I'll, I'll send you to the concert. That's fine. Tickets were only 20 bucks. It's an indie band, you understand? Indie band in Waco. I went and saw them with Gabe, you know, Lawrence. It's, it's like a great band. So I'm like, okay, go to Waco. And I'm like, uh, uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, um, can we take the Tesla? So no, you know where they're at right now? In Texas with my Tesla. <laughs> 
charging electricity on my credit card. Yes. This afternoon, I get a call from Gabe. Can you transfer some money so I can get some thing to eat? I'm like, why would you go to Texas if you didn't? Dad, you, you know. I'm, you know. I'm like, no, I don't know. You know, I, I told you about we landed that contract, the $30,000 contract. We started work on that contract this week. And they know I'm making money. They know I'm making money. It's like, it's like something goes off on the inside of them. It's like ding, 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 ding. Dad has money. Dad has money. I got a call. I got a call, Ted. I had a call when I'm finishing up the airport. I get called Gabe. Dad, I have bad news. I'm like, what's the news, Gabe? We went into Ikea. Number one, why are you going to drive a Tesla to Ikea? You know what it was? Free electricity. Free electricity. But anyway, <laughs> they go to Ikea. Dad, we, it's, huh? Yeah, you plug it in over there while they're shopping. They plugged it in. And so uh, we, uh, uh, they said we went into Ikea, and when we came out, there was a crack in the windshield. Oh, my God. All right. I'm like, look, just take a hammer and just beat it up. Get it over with. Just tear it up. Just put it in the ditch, and I'll come pick you up, and we'll have it towed somewhere, you know. Just get it, o get it over with. But anyway, oh, Jesus. Anyway, I don't even know where that was going, but, oh, I remember. <laughs> I got myself in a funk there. <laughs> but sometimes, like, like me right now, you know, I, If they were a different age, I would drop the hammer. <laughs> I'd be like, here's, you know, here's the number of a windshield repair place. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they're older, I'd drop, the, I'd drop the hammer. But when you have children, what do you do? Well, you step in and you rescue them and they're hungry and, you know, they, and they, uh, you feed them. <laughs> you clothe them. You, know, you do these things. But we've had a bunch of baby Christians who have God doing stuff like that for them supernaturally because they're idiots. And they're like, I've learned how to flow in the spirit. No, you've learned how to Amen. You've you've learned how to you've learned how to do what kids do. Get what they want out of daddy. But one day you're gonna have to grow up. See, and when and when you grow up. When you grow up, you're going to have to wait on the Spirit. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Shundai. So, um, so I'm not talking about, in answer to your question about what things forever you do, I'm not talking about getting out there and just pressing buttons and pulling levers. Pray and ask the Lord. Here's how, here's how I pray. I prayed this for years. I don't pray it no more. Uh, but 
I used to pray every day. I would pray, Lord, use me in any gift that is available. I'm available. Any gift that you need to function, to, to manifest, I am here. Use me in all the gifts. I want to be used, God, in every gift of the Spirit. I want you to manifest yourself through my life, and I would wait on the Lord. And sometimes I'd be sitting in a service, and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon me. And uh, more times than not, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon me uh, in a service to function in a spiritual gift. And there would be an opportunity for me, whether it was a tongue or an interpretation of tongues, whether it was a song, a hymn, a spiritual song, whether it was uh, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, uh, a prophecy, whatever. Um, but if you'll, get your, if you'll get yourself geared toward yielding to those things, it'll work. I'm telling you, church. But don't get out there and be like, I want let me push this button and see what happens. Don't be pushing buttons. Pray and trust the Lord and wait on him. And, and uh, if, if you're in a meeting like this one and the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, if you're aware that there's an anointing that has come upon you, at first you may not know what to do. At first he may not be wanting you to do anything. He may just be wanting you to become familiar with what it's like for the anointing to come upon you. And he may not be looking for you to do nothing at all. He might come on you so you can praise him better. So you can worship better. So you can pray right. So you can look at your brother right, your sister right. But then sometimes he'll come upon you, and then all of a sudden, you know, like a revelation gift, word of knowledge. I used to function in the word of knowledge too. Uh, get a word of knowledge. The way that the word of knowledge used to work in me, I would feel the pain that other people were feeling. If, if I need to pray for someone's deaf ear, my ear would clog up. I'd literally become deaf in one ear. And I'd be like, there's someone here. You're deaf in this ear. People would raise their hands. I'd lay hands on them. They'd receive their healing. If God shows you something in a word of knowledge, you can count on it happening. When you, when, you see, when you see people give a word of knowledge and people go up there and they don't get nothing, it's because it wasn't a word of knowledge. It was an educated guess. <laughs> well, glory, amen. So did I answer your question? Twyla. Well, the, these people, people, what people don't realize is your gift will work no matter your, whether you're healthy or not. <laughs> whether you're spiritually healthy, whether you're physically healthy, whether you're healthy in your soul. See, some of you, some of you can't figure out how you can go from being uh, gung-ho and praising God, worshiping the Lord, be all that... And then all of a sudden, one Friday night, you just got this itch to party. And then you're brokenhearted because you're like, I thought I was changed. I, I don't understand. I must not have the Lord in my life. No, you have the Lord in your life. It's, you know, uh, you just got to keep him in the wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. 
You just have to keep him in the forefront of your life and not allow those things that were to come and take up residency in the front part of your house. You understand? And uh, so some people, they'll get all down on themselves like they never were a Christian because how can you have those thoughts and every? Well, you know what? Someone who's not really trying to serve the Lord, uh, they don't really care. And once some of those people discover that God will use that the gift of God, not that God will necessarily use them, but that the gift of God works through them, regardless of the condition of their life, regardless of whether they're healthy, or they're healthy or not, they become calloused in their hearts toward any conviction that would come as a result of them using that gift. They become hardened in their hearts. And there are enough people. You know what? I've, you know what I have found over the years? I have found that most people are more receptive to people that are jacked up than people that are true blue. It's be, well, you know what I think it is? I think it's because there's no conviction associated with what they're doing. They're just functioning in a, they, they're just functioning in a gift. And I, I mean, I, I walked into a place and I could tell the spirit of God was there. You know, the Bible says where two are gathered in his name, he's there, right? And so I went in there. There's a bunch of believers there. And this guy, he had a gift from God. And um, I'd never heard him before. I wondered why there were 800 people in this building to see this guy that had been arrested for burning down his church, insurance fraud, tried to do it again, but he didn't go to prison the second time. You know, he'd been in prison for a long period. While he was in prison, he was calling his church and giving words of knowledge on the phone in prison. And he would tell people, how, how could someone who's not a man of God do this? Well, because God gave you a gift. I've told you all about him before. There's a, there's a pastor took his wife. A, pastor, a friend of mine's pastor took his wife. She was dying of cancer to this guy's meeting. This guy was on the platform and someone got up and started telling him, you are not a man of God. You're evil. He jumped off the platform. This preacher started beating the guy with the microphone. He's on this guy, beating him with the microphone. All you hear is, poof, 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 as this guy's pounding, this preacher's pounding this guy with the microphone. The pastor, they're, they're, this pastor and his wife are clear up in the nosebleed section, way away from the platform. She looks over at him and she said, how could a man of God, how could he be a man of God if he's doing that? All of a sudden, all the noise from him beating someone with a microphone stopped. And he looks up, he says, someone over here in the balcony just said, how could he be a man of God if he's doing what he's doing? He says, I'll show you how I be a man of God. Jesus is passing by you right now and healing you of your cancer. And she was healed in that moment. That's why you don't follow a gift. That's why it doesn't. I don't care if someone tells you your address, your mama's address, your daddy's address, your granny's address, tell you where you was driving, what car you was driving in, you know, all that stuff. All, none, of that, none of that matters unless there's a relationship with God. Unless that, Because when someone... Uh, I found that a lot of people went to that guy's meetings because there was no there was no conviction there. It was there was there was a uh, it was almost like he was so charming, and he he was so endearing that people they were drawn to him. But 
as far, the only reason the Spirit was there is because God's people were there. But they're, I mean, they're playing the Doobie Brothers during altar call. Well, they, were, they weren't doing words. They were just doing the music. I mean, great saxophone player, great keyboard player, but they're playing It Keeps You Running by the Doobie Brothers. I remember I was, I, was, I was sitting there. I'm like, man, they're on it. And then I realized what they were on. You understand? Uh, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, that's, uh, that, was, that was unusual. And uh, uh, a girl got up and sang Whitney Houston song. And, I mean, people was up with the hands lifted up. During a wh- I mean, how can you be so spiritually inept that you can't figure out that what is being sung isn't to the Lord. And it, w- it was just so bizarre. Everything that was bizarre. But, but when someone, are y'all still hearing me? When someone functions in a, in a, and, and is really serving the Lord, then you know what comes along with the gift is uh, God's, con- the, that convicting power. And that's, that's why some people are turned off by the real thing. Because it comes with the sting of conviction. Or it comes with the correction of God. Or it comes with where the other is just come and get something. And for your love gift of $50, I'm going to lay hands on you. I mean, by the time we ended that meeting, he said, there, there, uh, there are 10 people here that are going to give $5,000. I need you 10 people to get out of your chairs now and get up here. I'm going to lay my hands on you and pray for you. God's going to give you your miracle. Immediately, 10 people stood up and went down there. He said, there are, uh, there are uh, 50 that are going to give 1,000. I'm going to pray for you. Get down here. 50 people immediately got up with their checkbooks, so did $1,000. Heck, I could up teach people on supernatural increase. They get their drawers in a bunch and, and walk out the church like, like I've, you know, like I, like I slapped their wife, uh, yelled at their kids, and kicked their dog. Why? Well, because when I preach, correction starts to happen. Conviction starts to fall. When this guy is doing it, you know, people, hey, man, buy me a miracle. (laughs) Is that it? Is that it? My friends that I went to that meeting with knew he was a charlatan. They're ready to write a check. I'm like, Ziggy Sanchez Ministries, are you kidding me? (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> the dude just got out of prison. Um, anyway, did that answer your question? Kind of? Um, because... Uh, no, it does actually, you know, because... It's a, it's a, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a pattern of behavior. And so when, when someone is a charlatan, when someone gets on television and says, God led me to a miracle well, and the well is literally outside of the back door of the church, God didn't have to lead them too far. It's the same well that everybody's getting the drinking fountain. You understand? They're putting, they're, they're out there filling gallon jugs. And for your love gift of $500, we're going to send you a jug of miracle water, drink it, and you're going to be healed. This is a, you know, when, so, and some of us, again, y'all, I know that we have, you know, we, we have that in our hearts that we want to be 
a loving toward, and we need to love. I love, I love that that guy, brother or not. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure we have the same father. But anyway, if we do, and because he's he's passed away, and if he's in heaven, and we live next door to one another, then. You know, I was wrong, and y'all could come throw uh, chickens in my yard. But um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, y'all. There's you know the Bible. The Bible tells us about how God, God's expectation about the fruit of those who are righteous. When we, when, we, when we allow that kind of, again, I want, I want to be careful because I don't want you to think that I don't want you to be compassionate. We need to be compassionate, but we also need to, uh, should I even say this? I, okay, I'm going to, but some of you ain't going to like it. When people say, start saying Donald Trump was a Christian. Now, don't, please don't, don't look at me in any way. I'm going to close my eyes. When people start saying Donald Trump, now listen, I, it's, I hope, I pray, I wish, I, but when someone's a believer, when someone's a Christian, then even if they're, even if they came out of a hard life, there is evidence of righteousness. There's evidence of a changed life. There's evidence that will be there. When that evidence never shows up in anyone's life, listen, we've got to quit being the cheerleaders for these people. We got to quit playing the devil's advocate. Well, we don't know. He might have, could have. Well, you, you, here's the deal. We don't know. So guess what? If we don't know, then we shouldn't say either way, right? Why should we promote them as being a Christian? If, do you know? Well, no, I don't know. Well, then don't. But if I'm looking at a man and we're, we're, we're seeing him be, uh, use language that, that uh, Peter used to be disassociated from Christ. Are, are y'all hearing me today? Then it becomes safe for us to assume that the fruits of righteousness are not in that individual. Unless, unless we see a, a public repentance and this whole thing, like we did. Did you, did, you, did you, when you did stupid stuff and said stupid stuff, didn't you make amends when you got out? You did, didn't you? Right? Well, you know, guess what? That, that's the fruits of righteousness. That's how Christians act. That's how believers act. People that are unbelievers don't act. Uh, goats don't act like sheep. That's right. Oh, that's right. So the, the problem with the reason why goats are successfully uh, walking amongst sheep is because sheep keep saying, <laughs> is, be, is because the sheep keep saying, 
How do you know it ain't a sheep? Shouldn't we love everybody? Yeah, we can love everybody, but we don't all. You don't get, do you get what I'm saying? Well, I, yeah, sure he would. Because <laughs> she, she operating that, that. When you're an evangelist, it's pretty much that way. It's the, You know, we've, we've got to, you've got to think um, of things in a way of, it, you can, you can, the Bible says this, the Bible says that um, because of God's grace, you can really live any way you want to live, and he, he'll extend his forgiveness toward you, but we shouldn't. That's what it says. The Bible tells us that we should live lives that are becoming of Believers, you know, I mean, in so many words. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what I've read in the Bible and what you've read in the Bible. It's not legalism. It's, it's, it's relationship. Uh, you know, Brandon and, and uh, Rachel, um, they don't have to, they don't have to honor the vows of marriage. It was a piece of paper. It was something that was spoken a long time ago. Things were different back then. Come on now, right? I mean, couldn't we say that? You know, I mean, it's when Annie and I, when Annie and I gave our vows to, of marriage away. You know what? Let's just go. Let's just go for it. You know, uh, Don and Lynn. Here's another time, wasn't it? When y'all made vows. Well, you know what? Things have progressed. Maybe you should loosen up a little bit and explore. You know the see. Come on, right. Listen, it don't change, right? It doesn't change, right? Well, then why have we changed when it comes to stuff like that? You know what? We've changed because we've allowed the spirit of the world to work in the church. That, that's, that's why we don't understand the things of the spirit. Because we've allowed too much that's not the spirit. Oh, are y'all hearing me today? Listen, if you go into the ministry, if you go into the ministry, you cheat on your wife, you divorce her, you marry your girlfriend, that you cheated on your wife with, and three months later you, you try to go back into ministry, that's not godly. That is, you say, well, I was forgiven. That's my past. Three months? There's something that works in you that if you don't fix it, you're going to divorce that one and find another. And then you, then you find out later, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about an actual situation. Then someone finds out later, we find out from a pastor. They weren't even actually, he, he divorced his wife, but he didn't actually marry the girlfriend. Because the Lord sees in his eyes, he sees them as being married. It's just a piece of paper, and it's just, you know, the, oh, really? Is that right? So how far are we going to go? How, see, there has to, we have to, we have to allow the Bible to, to uh, give us boundaries. The reason why it's hard for people to flow in the Spirit is because 
there's so much allowed that we can't figure out what be the spirit and what be not the spirit. But if we would get back to waiting on the Lord, waiting on the manifestation of the spirit, waiting on the manifestation of the anointing, waiting on the spirit of God. Do you know how, how quickly and how exponentially we would explode into the things of the spirit if we would refuse anything that we knew in our hearts and according to scripture that was now i'm not saying being ugly to people you know what okay you left your wife you 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 had an affair it's unfortunate probably you need help let's figure this out let's figure it out and um okay you had a good ministry you make your living by doing ministry, um, let's figure out what that looks like. Let's figure out how we do that. Let's figure out how you can do that and maintain integrity and still, you know, have accountability. So after, you know, if you, if you fail, if you, if, you, if you fall into sexual sin and then you start sending sexually explicit texts to staff members, after you just had something, then probably there's a problem. You know, Jimmy Swaggart had a problem. He didn't just see one pro- He didn't just see the prostitute he got caught with. He had been seeing prostitutes before. In fact, Mickey Gilly, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis had been trying to tell everybody for a long time. <laughs> they they would ask them about Jimmy Swaggart. Now I'm not knocking Jimmy Swaggart, one of the greatest evangelists of our time. One of the greatest evangelists that has lived in our time. Dude has won millions and millions and millions of people to Christ. Had a gift. Has a gift. But he go and see these prostitutes. Made another preacher mad and another preacher exposed him. Because he, he, because he exposed this preacher's affair. This preacher's like, oh yeah, you're going to expose my affair? I'm going to get you. Went and took pictures of him with a prostitute. Now, okay, that was years ago. We, saw, we all saw the ugly video. I've seen before you. Right? We've all seen it. So you, know, get, so you know what happens? He's caught again. Now, it's not publicized because now there's an expectation, you know. Jerry Lee Lewis and, and Mickey Gilly were telling people all along. They said, yeah, you know, we, we hung out as kids. We all went to the same church. We all played in the same worship team, and we all chased after the same women. And we're still chasing after the same women. And you know what the church said? Oh, that, not my Jimmy. It's okay. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I love Jimmy Swagger. Are we going to put him on in this church and follow his teachings? Absolutely not. Because you have to show the fruits of righteousness. You know what happens when you don't? Have you ever heard the teachings that's coming out of there now? Everyone's wrong. Nobody's right except for, you know, you preach the cross. That's all you can preach is the cross. Anything other than the cross, and I don't know what that means, but... Anyway, 
They've attacked me several times. I don't even know them. I, I, I'm not, you say, why would they attack you, Pastor? I have no idea. Who am I? Why would they care about a revival we're having in Springfield or anywhere else? Well, I, I guess one time we made one of their little churches, church guys mad or something, and he started talking bad about us on television. But they wouldn't mention us by name, give us publicity. So anyway, he's talked about where we were at and how it wasn't God. So, but, but you as God's people have to use wisdom. We have to, it's, it's, it's not wrong for you to look at someone that you know is not up to snuff in the moment and say, I love you, but I'm not turning you on on, you know, I'm not watching your videos every week. I'm not subscribing to your YouTube channel. I'm not following you on Twitter. I'm not following you on Facebook because eventually it has an effect on your, on your spiritual walk. And, um, and you just, now don't be ugly toward them. And don't be judgmental in the way of condemning them to hell or saying they're, well, you're not a Christian. You can't be a Christian. No, you can be a Christian and have trouble. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be following after ministries that it's up in the air whether or not they're going to go the right way. I want to go the right way. So I hope that makes sense. I know, I know it's very rigid. We're not used to that no more. We're not used to toe, toeing the line. We're not. We're not used to walking the walk and talking the talk and saying, this is the standard by which, you know what? Okay, you're a Christian, but this is the standard by which I desire to live. I'm not condemning you. I'm not looking down on you. This is where I'm at. I'm going to hang around with people of integrity. I'm going to fellowship with people of integrity. There's a reason why we have just a small group of people that I have come through this church. And, I've, and, I'm, and I'm not, it's not that I'm not trying to expand. Every time I try to expand, it gets crazy. Y'all are witnesses to it. Every time I try to expand, it gets nuts. Because the environment out, the, the environment out in the field is extremely hostile against the move of the true move of God's spirit because when the spirit of God moves when I when, when I have revival I have to change do you know where my focus is when I'm having revival meetings for 20 something weeks 30 weeks it's on me you know what do you know the stuff I'm preaching during revival I'm preaching it because God is talking to me the stuff y'all are hearing me preach right now the only reason you're here is because that's what he's saying to me So what you're, when I'm telling y'all and y'all are going, ooh, he's talking that to me, and I'm just telling you. So now you know how I feel. <laughs> it's like, welcome to the club, amen. This is the club we're in. But I believe miracles are going to abound. Can I tell you a testimony before we uh, quit here? Um, so I went to the church uh, there in Millerton on Sunday. We ended up staying uh, for Sunday night as well. Uh, Brent Coffey, wonderful man of God. He's not that. He's not that type of person. Every time I've been there, he's like, "We can only have one service." I mean, he's very rigid with how he does things. And I understand. Only church I go to that that um, that are that rigid. But, but I I really feel like God has connected us and and 
He's knitting our hearts together for something that's coming in the last days. And um, Brent called me after COVID, and he he said, "I thought I was crazy until I heard you talking on Facebook during you know during COVID during the pandemic and me talking the way I was talking." He's like, "I thought I was crazy." He said, "I thought I was crazy, or I was hearing from God." He said, "When I heard you, he said I thought I'm hearing from God." So we connected, and uh, I got up at his church. I could tell they needed something, and a man, the Spirit of God showed up and blew the whole place. I'm, listen, folks, I'm talking about bl- the place blew up on Sunday morning. And he's in this, I'm, 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 I'm putting my stuff together at the pulpit. He says, where, where are you going tonight? I was like, home? <laughs> he's like, let's, let's do another service. Can we do it? He said, I, don't put, I know I'm putting you on the spot. They don't even have Sunday night service. I said, well, if you want to. He said, y'all come back tonight. Brother Z's going to be here tonight. They all showed up. Now, remember I told you we're we're going in that. There's something changed. We're about to enter a season of miracles, right? I'm looking at a man, and when I look at him on Sunday night, I see the scales of justice. You know, like the scales of justice? And one one of them was down, and one of them was up. But it didn't have to do with justice. The Lord told me, he said, He's off balance in his body. One side of his body isn't strong. One side of his body he has to compensate for. I'm going to take care of that side of his body. So I start talking to him. I said, I see the scales. And I I told him just like I told y'all. When he started running to me, he was limping. But he ran down the aisle limping. And he had his one hand up in the air, and he was trying to lift the other one, and it was like this. That's as far as he could get it. And his shoulder was sticking way up. I was like, my God. He goes, I am. He said, I'm, he said, I'm off, just like you said. I was like, well, what happened? He said, I was in an accident. Crushed my, crushed my bones in my one side of my body. Long story short, when we, when we, were, when we left, he's like this. He couldn't yet spin his arm all the way around, but he could lift up his hands, and his, and his leg was still locking a, a bit. So, so I, believe, I told him, I said, let's believe that you're going to, you're going to progressively get better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check back in. God, God began a miracle in that man. I looked at a woman Sunday night. I looked at a woman, and I saw by the Spirit, by the gift of discerning of spirits, the spirit of death. You said, what does it look like? It's just a black spirit. I knew it was a spirit of death. I looked at her. I said, you're dealing with death. It's a spirit. It's around you. I said, um, and you're, you're trying to quit living. You're, you're trying to quit living because someone has died. And she broke down and she said, my daughter died two weeks ago. And God, God gave me a word for that woman. And I, sp- I spoke over her. And she said, uh, I told her that it was, a, it, was an, it, was an evil, it was an evil thing that had happened. It wasn't something that was good. And she said, yeah, she, she committed suicide. There was such a, a righteous anger that rose in me toward the enemy. It was unreal. I looked at her and I said, I'm going to talk to Shri and we're going to claim, we're going to claim 5,000 people come to Christ because of what that idiot tried with your daughter. We're when 5,000 people make the devil pay for that. It was, it was amazing. So uh, 
things are breaking out. Things are breaking out, church. Something's, something's going on uh, that's uh, it's, it's powerful. Uh, so be, be in prayer. Did this help anybody here today? Listen, I want you to ask questions. I don't want you to be afraid at what the response will be. Um, don't, don't think that I'm being, you know, um, ugly toward nobody. I'm not being ugly toward nobody. I just think that we need to be getting to the place where, where we, can be, we can remain Christians and loving toward one another, including people that aren't altogether straight. But we don't have to compromise the move of the Spirit to do that. Amen. Can you shut off the, are we done? Can you shut off the recording?